What is going on everyone? Welcome back to Raise the Apple. The MLB season is finally underway. We have opening almost week now. A lot has already gone on. The Mets had a rather interesting start to the year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the big news first, which uh, I'll kind of tease a little bit, even though everyone probably knows what it is. And then we have some uh, MLB news that I want to address. Well, I have to talk about because it's related to baseball, but I also am not going to say too much on it because it is kind of, I don't want to say sensitive matter, but it's a controversial matter. But we'll talk about that towards the end. First of all, first things first. They did it. They got the deed done. The Mets and Francisco Lindor have agreed on a contract extension. 10 years, $341 million. That previous, The previous record for a shortstop for a contract extension was Tatis's. I think I misspoke in the amount last episode and the amount of Tatis's contract. Uh, Tatis's was 340 which was the highest for a shortstop ever. Lindor tops it by $1 million. This was phenomenal. It seemed like nothing was going to happen. All was quiet on social media. Um, nothing from Tacomo. Nothing from uh, Steve Cohen himself on Twitter. He did release the one tweet saying that Lindor's a heck of a player and he hopes he signs. But that was really it. Everything was kind of stagnant. Even Andy Martino, who I personally... Not my favorite. But Andy Martino also didn't say much. He didn't expect... He said there wasn't much expectation a deal would get done. Now, the fact that a deal got done... I'm actually shocked. I did not think a deal was going to get done. And the fact... And it came right down to the wire... It happened probably around 11.30ish, maybe a little bit beforehand at night, the night before opening day, uh, when when it was made and announced. I believe John Heyman was the first one to tweet that they had a deal. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But they came right down to the wire. They get the deal done. The Mets have their franchise shortstop for the next 10 years. I could not be more excited. When you trade for a guy like Lindor, like I said last episode, you don't trade for him for one season. You trade for a guy like him to, for him to be there for a, an extended period of time. Now, all, if you also remember previous episodes, I said I predicted he would get between 280 and 300. I severely underestimated that. That number probably went. That was probably maybe the bottom end of what he was going to get. But then when you saw what what Tatis got. I have a feel, and considering Lindor has already very well established himself, I feel like that may have driven up the price. Also, Lindor is worth that. Was he worth three eighty five, which was what the, his agent countered with? I could see the argument both ways, but this was a great deal. I love the amount. I love the years. I believe there's also um, no opt. I could be wrong on this too. No opt outs. Or anything like that. This was a fantastic thing. Now the next step for the Mets is to what they are going to do. There are three guys that they could possibly extend. That actually four technically. One of which was kind of a surprise. 
the surprise one was DeGrom. And I say DeGrom was a surprise is because he's already been extended once and there was reports coming out that he could be extended again. If Bottom line, this is all I'm going to say on Jacob DeGrom because this is all I think that needs to be said for Mets fans. Mets fans are spoiled with Jacob DeGrom. We do not appreciate enough that we get to watch Jacob DeGrom every fifth day. Just He is just unbelievable. Whatever amount he wants, whatever deal he wants, give it to him. Because he is worth it and he deserves it. That's all I'm going to say on DeGrom. I think every Mets fan, and probably the front office would agree, whatever he wants, you give it to him. The next three that the Mets could possibly extend... Actually, and then there's one, also one, I'm going to throw this in here just now, that they that may or may not get, ex- that I'm kind of starting this extension talk, but we'll come back to that in a second. Conforto, Thor, and Stroman are the next three. In my opinion, Conforto should be the top of those three. Conforto came up in 2015. He's been one of the faces of the team. He doesn't say a lot, but when he does talk, he says all the right things. He does all the right things off the field as well as, of course, on the field. We know he's extremely talented and one of, the, one of, if not the best players the Mets have. I think the Mets should extend Conforto next. I think what they're going to do, though, is wait for the season to end because they don't want it to become a distraction. They are going to let him. He is a Scott Boris client. Now, for those of you who don't know, Scott Boris is one of, if not the I don't know if best is the right word, but most well-known and most accomplished agent in baseball. Scott Boris has had numerous guys, including Harper and Conforto and so many others. Scott Boris being his client, just knowing the history of Scott Boris and what he's done with his players and the amount of money he's gotten his players, in a good way. I'm speaking all positive on Scott Boris. I'm not trying to bash him or anything. Conforto, he, they will most likely have Conforto test free agency. They may say, oh, let's go around, sniff around, see what you can get, then come back or something like that. I anticipate, and first I anticipated Conforto getting around Springer money, but then after thinking about it, if he can get, if he can replicate a full season of what he did last year or even like 90% of it, I think Conforto can be pushing $200 million into the contract extension. Whether it's with the Mets or with someone else, I'm 99% sure, and this is my personal opinion, 99% certain that Conforto will stay a Met. I'm all but certain Conforto will stay a Met. It's just a question of when the deal will get done and what the dollar. I think this will be prob- the Mets' like first move of the offseason. As soon as the offseason's over, World Series is over, they will get right to work on getting Conforto a deal. I think that should be the first task. Because I think that he is the guy you need to keep. Thor and Strowman, I think both of them are necessities, obviously. I But my fear is with the amount of money they've given Lindor and the amount of money that they've given or could potentially be giving or should be giving Conforto. Thor and Strowman, I don't... I want the Mets to keep them and I think they should keep them. But I don't know if because of money they're going to because... Because Steve Cohen, as rich as he is, he will run out of money. He he could run out of money at some point. Now, not saying he will in the near future, but 
keeping. I wonder if the Mets are going to maybe sign Stroman and Syndergaard or one of the two of them to a short-term deal and sign the other one long-term. Or maybe they focus on keeping one of them and letting the other one walk or whatever they do. Those two are interesting because no one really knows what's going to happen with either one of them. A lot of people are expecting Stroman to go somewhere else. I'm anticipating Stroman staying. But just because Stroman's personality, he loves being in New York. He loves being in Toronto, and he loves being in New York. And his personality, and he's been very, spoke very highly of this organization and of the teammates here. Uh, but obviously, he would probably say that like anywhere. If he were with Milwaukee, I'm just listing off random team. He would love it there. He can't, doesn't have freak, can't say anything negative about people. All positive vibes with Strowman if you follow him on Twitter, but um, I think that keep I I think Strowman or Thor, one of them is going to sign a short or long term deal. The other one I think will do a short term deal or walk. I would like ideally the Mets keep both of them, but we don't know what's going to happen with that. But again, Conforto should be the top priority, right? Yeah, I think Conforto should be the top priority of those three. Then probably Thor and Strowman kind of together. And another guy that I just mentioned previously, well, I didn't mention previously, but could potentially be due for an extension in the next year or two is Seth Lugo. We saw Randy Dobnak of the Twins sign a deal. Uh, his was five years, $80 million, I want to say, or something around there. Five-year de- extension for Randy Dobnak who was a Uber driver when he was in the minor leagues. Now look at him. I think Seth, Lu- when I saw that, my f- first immediate thought was good for him. Then my second thought was, I wonder if there's the possibility the Mets could throw an extension Seth Lugo's way. Obviously, you have to see how he, how this year plays out, how he's coming back from injury. Uh, he won't be back, I think they said beginning of May, he'll be back. But I wonder if Seth Lugo is potentially due for an extension in the near future. That would be interesting to watch. That'll be an interesting situation to watch unfold. But the neck, but Lindor gets his extension. Everyone was freaking out. Mets Twitter is a wild, a wild place. Let me tell you. And that's gonna. Tr- they will also talk about Mets Twitter now because opening day. Opening day was this week. Greatest day of the year. Now, on opening day, the Mets were set to go. Everyone's all excited. Then Twitter comes up. Mets game postponed. Nationals had a COVID outbreak. They had uh, originally one player. Now it's up to four players who have tested positive. First of all, let me say this. Those players that tested positive, I hope. They are okay. I hope they get better. I'm not going to sound like... I'm not going to try and come across and be like, oh, they deserve it or anything. Like, no one deserves that. I hope they get better. But this, as a... Not just as a Mets fan, but as a baseball fan, it's extremely frustrating. Because... And I'm not saying also they did. They, I'm not saying they broke protocols or anything like that. They probably didn't. But they very well... They may, they may have. We don't know. But if they did break protocols... That would be extremely frustrating. It was I'm a Steelers fan for football, so 
watching the Thanksgiving game between the Steelers and Ravens get postponed, and then the next one get postponed, and then I believe there was a third postponement, and then it comes to light that one of the coaching staff members, I believe it was their weight room coach, broke COVID protocols, and that's what caused the outbreak. And then the Steelers had to pay the price for that. That's frustrating. If the Nationals broke protocol, that is extremely frustrating to see the Mets, any team, even if it was like Nationals and the Yankees. If I were a Yankees fan, I would be extremely frustrated with the Nationals if it came out that they were breaking the rules that they were supposed to be following, and now my team has to get postponed because of it. But again, I hope, I'm not saying they did. I don't know if they did. I hope all the players that did test positive, or coaching staff members, I don't know who it was, I hope they are all okay, and I hope they get better. But originally, everyone thought that, okay, we're going to work Saturday. Then it was later Thursday night that it was announced that the entire weekend, may have been early Friday morning, that the entire weekend series between the Mets and Nationals was going to be postponed. The Mets would start their season Monday, so yesterday, in Philadelphia against the Phillies. That was also extremely frustrating. To sit around all, all off season waiting for baseball to start and now have to wait three extra days for your team. Ugh, it was annoying. And then, <clears throat> yesterday, the Braves, uh, Braves are playing the Nationals now. That first game got postponed, but... They are able to go tonight. The Nationals will make their season debut tonight. Finally, good for the Nationals, good for their fans. But that is an extremely frustrating situation because now you have, down the line, it's in terms of scheduling, I'm glad it was against a division rival because they'll see each other so much it makes the rescheduling part easier. But now we're going to see at least, because it was a three-game set, three seven-inning doubleheaders at some point throughout the year, which are annoying. But also what's annoying is the fact that we're still doing this extra inning starting with runner on second garbage. I absolutely hate this rule. It is the dumbest rule in all of baseball. But I digress. That's a tangent for another day. But yesterday, the Mets finally got going. They fell to the Phillies 5-2. to two. Who needs a DH? Jacob DeGrom collected two hits in an RBI. Uh, he was dominant as always. Uh, took him out after six innings. Luis Rojas took him out and he was at 77 pitches. Caused quite a stir on Mets Twitter. So did that game in general. First of all, it is game one. It is a 162 game season. Mets Twitter, Mets fans, relax. Take a chill pill. It's okay. What you saw today, or excuse me, last night, is not how it's going to be the whole year. And if it is how they are the whole year, come back to this episode, pull the clip, and get me, get go after me on social media. I don't care. This is not the Mets, how they're going to be in 2021. It's game one. It's okay. They've been laid off for three days. They had a lot of excitement and pent-up energy going into this game. They got it all out of them last night. Now we're good to go. It's okay. There were Mets fans calling to fire Luis Rojas after last night for pulling DeGrom and all that stuff. Like, what? What? (laughs) 
people, they're like, oh, yeah, Luis Rojas has a lot of questions to answer tonight, and I can't believe Rojas would pull the Grom. We need to fire him. What? Mets Twitter is a wild, wild place, let me tell you. It's game one. It's okay. The defense was a little bit shaky. Luis Guillorme had that one throw. Didn't didn't need to rush, but he did a little bit. I don't want to judge him too hard on it because I know all all those guys would do a million times better than I would ever do. That's why I don't like to I don't typically like to bash too much into players on what they do on the field because I know they're doing whatever they're doing, they're doing it a million times better than I could do. But there was that one throw from Giorma. He didn't necessarily need to rush. Didi had one as well. But that's all. I'm not going to like continue to throttle them. But Trevor May had a little bit of a shaky Mets debut. Aaron Loop also had a little shaky Mets debut. But it is okay. It's game one. They're getting their kinks out of it. You know, they got their bad games out of the way. Now we're good to go. Tonight, uh. Strowman is starting tonight, and then who is starting? The bo- It's the bottom of the Phillies rotation, so they'll have Mets will have Strowman tonight. They will have David Peterson making his season debut tomorrow with Taiwan Walker. Excuse me, not Taiwan. I just lost my train of thought. Taiwan Walker on Thursday. Yes, I was right. He will be making the Mets home opener start. So he will start the first Mets game at home this year. The Phillies are sending Chase Anderson up tonight against Stroman. And then tomorrow it's back to the top of their rotation. Aaron Nola going against David Peterson. I am expecting the Mets to come away with two out of three. The Phillies are off to a hot start. They're 4-0. They swept Atlanta to start the year. But last night is not an indication. If you saw Mets Twitter last night, you would think that it was like if the Mets lost last night, they were out of the playoff race, the way everyone was going off. Like, yeah, Mets are going to Mets. We know that, but it's one game. It's game one. You know, every I saw one tweet that someone said, all this money Steve Cohen has and he couldn't fix the effing bullpen. Really? The, the Mets brought in Aaron Loop. They brought in Trevor May. Seth Lugo was there. It's Unfortunately, he got hurt. The Mets did do help in the bullpen, but you cannot complain about the Mets, what the Mets did or didn't do in the bullpen when you consider what they did in other areas. You know, they brought in McCann and Cookie. They kept Stroman. They brought in Lindor. Extended Lindor. The best shortstop in baseball. Brought in Pilar and... Uh, Lucchesi, all these guys they brought in. And the the, pro, the thing with the Mets' bullpen is they're counting on a lot of bounce-back seasons on a lot a few guys, like Dallin Batantis and Jairus Familia. Trevor May you brought in is kind of an Addison Reed type, for those of you who remember Addison Reed. I miss Addison Reed. Trevor May kind of does the little Addison Reed role. And then Diaz at the back end. We saw last night Miguel Castro, uh, Trevor May, and Aaron Loop in the bullpen. Miguel Castro was, I'd say he didn't do too shabby. I think the melt, I had to turn off the end of the game a little bit. I did watch the highlights, but I turned off the end of the game because I was watching the national championship. 
I just want to double check and make sure I said everyone who pitched last night. Yep, Castro, May, and Loop. Castro had a nice had a nice season debut. I like Castro. I think he's going to be a sneaky good arm in the Mets bullpen. But all in all, bottom line summary, it's game one of one sixty two. Calm down. There's plenty of baseball left to go. The last thing we are going to talk about today <clears throat> is very, very frustrating as a baseball fan. The MLB All-Star Game fiasco. This summer, the All-Star Game was supposed to be held in Atlanta as well as the draft. No more. MLB announced on uh, Friday, this past, this past Friday, they announced that <clears throat> the All-Star Game would be moved out of Atlanta and they will find somewhere else. It was announced last night by Buster Only that there is expected to be at Coors Field, which we'll come back to the Coors Field conversation in a second. Well, it kind of ties into it, but MLB has decided to move the All-Star Game out of Georgia because in Georgia's recent voting laws that are passed. So Georgia's I read a little bit into it. Georgia's new voting laws, it requires an ID to vote. Uh, you can't give food and water in voting lines. It reduced number of absentee ballots. A bunch of technical... I don't know what other word to say. Technical stuff with voting. For whatever reason, MLB saw that and said, no, 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 we need out of there. And why I'm in dis- why I am upset with this... <clears throat> A lot of baseball fans are upset with this. A lot of them are in favor of it. Which, I don't want to go too much into the quote-unquote political side of it because that's not what this podcast is about. It's not about politics. But we do have to talk about it because it does involve baseball. And in my opinion, I'm going to be as blunt as possible. MLB had no reason to do this. To pull the All-Star game from Atlanta. If I were the Atlanta Braves and they were very, they were vocal about it, I am not happy. It is estimated that the Atlanta area will lose around $100 million in potential revenue they could have gotten from the All-Star Game. MLB, I don't know why they did this. Now, they said their statement said that it's because they support fair voting rights for everyone and all that, which I agree. I agree 100% with the idea of that. But if you're Major League Baseball... I don't know why you would, I don't know, I don't understand where this came from. Because if MLB doesn't do this, if they don't pull the All-Star game from Atlanta, no one thinks anything of it. No one is saying, oh, MLB should pull the All-Star game because of Georgia's new voting bills. No one would have thought anything of it. But because now they did it, now everybody's like, oh, that's a good thing. Or, oh, F you MLB for doing that. They ha- I don't think they had any business doing this. It wasn't their place. It did not affect them in any way, shape, or form. Now, I know there are going to be people who disagree with me, and that is fine. We can agree to disagree. We can respectfully, you know, I respect your opinion. I disagree with it, but I respectfully disagree. We can do that. That's fair. I understand everyone has their own opinions. But I find the irony in it because they move it to course Field is where the All-Star Game is allegedly going to be which I cannot wait for a home run derby in course Field. Balls are going to be flying, flying in there, and I'm all for it. 
But Colorado has stricter voting laws than Georgia, and or similar voting laws to George, the new Georgia laws. So the laws that MLB is saying they don't agree with being approved of with the voting stuff, those same rules are already in place, or some of them are already in place in Colorado. Which I just found that ironic. Also, MLB headquarters is in New York. New York has stricter voting laws than in Georgia. The voting laws in New York could be interpreted as much stricter, much more strict, I don't think stricter is a word, much more strict than what they are in Georgia. So are they going to move their headquarters out of New York then? That's all I'll say on that, or that's as much detail as I'll go in on that. I don't think it was MLB's place to do that. I strongly disagree with it. I I respectfully disagree for those of you listening who have a different opinion about it, who think they've made the right decision. We just respectfully agree to disagree. I don't think this was a good move on MLB's part. People are calling for a boycott of MLB. I will never do that. I don't think that MLB could ever make, or I wouldn't think that MLB could ever make a decision that would make me not watch baseball. I've been with in, involved in baseball, whether it was playing, watching, whatever the case may be, since I was three years old. I love this game from the bottom of my heart, and I always will. But when they make a deci- when Major League Baseball makes a decision like this, it makes me think, what could they do that would make me never watch baseball again? I don't think they ever could do anything, but it does make you think. I hate, 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 hate when sports and political matters mix together, and not just in baseball, in all sports. We see it much more with the NFL, or in recent years we've seen a lot more with the NFL, where you had uh, the Kaepernick situation and a bunch of other, I don't Kaepernick's wasn't so much a political issue, it was a social issue that was brought into the football field, uh, which is, a, again, a different different conversation. But politicians got involved, which is why I classify it as a quote-unquote political matter. I hate, hate, hate when politics get involved in sports. They do not belong together. Sports, yes, people say, is meant to be a distraction from all the political nonsense in D.C., and a distraction from the real problems we face. And whether it is or not, you can make that argument. I would agree with both ways. But let's keep it that way. Uh, When I'm going to a baseball game, I'm going to watch the guys I look up to. I'm going to watch the sport I love. I'm not going there to watch teams or whoever make political statements. If I wanted to watch them make political statements, I would go to... Washington, D.C., and listen to politicians talk. You know, the baseball field, <clears throat> baseball field, football field, swimming pool, track, ice rink, volleyball court, basketball court, whatever the field of play is, politics needs to stay off of it. In my opinion, politics needs to stay off. Now, the counter-argument would be athletes and teams have such a big platform it raised awareness on political issues or current issues in the world. And that's a fair point, but take it off the field. Do it on your own time. That's all I'm going to say on that. 
I don't want to go too much into it because that's not what this podcast is about. But MLB, move, bottom line, MLB's moving their All-Star game because they do not like the voting laws passed in Georgia. Instead, they're going to, right now, it is expected the All-Star game will be in Colorado. Milwaukee was a place that they talked about. Kansas City uh, was another place. I'm disappointed in MLB, or yeah, disappointed in their decision. But again, you know, you guys, I've said my opinion on it. I don't think it was their place. I disagree with it. I found I find much irony in it that they're going to a stadium, a state that has uh, just as, if you want to call them strict. I don't think strict's the right word, but if you want to call them strict, much more strict voting or just as strict voting laws in Colorado, in the state of Colorado as they do in Georgia. So you kind of defeated the purpose of why you moved out of Atlanta. But that's all we're going to say on that because I don't want people to hate me and cancel me because of whatever reason. <clears throat> but good for Colorado. They got the all-star game now. I think the home run derby there is going to be phenomenal. The balls are going to fly there. I cannot wait for it. The All-Star game itself. <clears throat> the All-Star game itself. I'm excited for. A lot of people are calling for it to be canceled because of COVID concerns. I don't think I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think if the players are doing what they're supposed to, I think they can safely have an All-Star game. Especially also with, you know, it's nothing's nothing's like great yet, but things are steadily starting to get back to normal. The vaccine is coming out. Players have the option to or not to get it, whatever. That's their own personal choice, in my opinion. So things are slowly and steadily starting to calm down, starting to get back to normal. I think they can safely get an all-star game done. But again, we don't know what it's going to look like a month from now. When the pandemic first started, we didn't know what things were going to look like in two weeks, let alone, you know, here we are now a year later, over a year later now, and still fighting COVID. But Colorado, props to them. I think they will do a fantastic job. I think the Home Run Derby is going to be a absolute show for baseball, in a good way, for baseball is going to be amazing. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at my notes here. That is pretty much it for this episode. Um, I think, is next year supposed to be in LA or the year after? I think next year's supposed to be in Dodger Stadium or the year after. I can't remember entirely. I'm pretty sure it's next year. So we'll have that to look forward to back-to-back NL West venues. I, I can't say it enough how excited I am to watch that home run derby in Colorado that's going to be so much fun to watch but that's going to wrap it up for this episode we talked about Lindor finally getting extended we talked about Conforto Stroman Syndergaard potentially Lugo potentially DeGrom again all with extensions the all-star game being moved unfortunately and opening day is here let's end it on a positive note opening day is here or opening week now baseball season is underway could not be more excited. Again, like I mentioned last time, we're looking at two episodes a week during the baseball season. Uh, we will have a kind of a MLB recap at the end of each episode. Today, though, we had a lot to talk about, so it kind of took into the MLB recap part. 
but in the future we will have more just general MLB stuff, not just Mets. We'll probably do like the first um, three quarters of an episode about the Mets and then the last quarter of it kind of an MLB wrap up, what's going on around the league, all that kind of stuff. But before I forget, the last little thing before we sign off, this day in baseball history. On this day in MLB history, in 1973, we're throwing it back a little bit, Fenway Park, Ron Bloomberg of the New York Yankees, the first designated hitter in Major League Baseball history. The DH came to play in 73. Ron Bloomberg was the first DH to step foot in the batter's box, or to be labeled as DH, to step in the batter's box, drew a walk, and then became the first DH to get a hit later in that game when he singled. I think that should be a sign. That should be a sign. We, sh- I mean, the DH in both leagues is somewhat inevitable at this point. Uh, DeGrom, though, kind of put that to bed. He said Shohei Otani who last night with his two hits. But I think that the DH should be coming. But if, they, if teams wanted the option to have their pitcher hit, they could have that. You know, Mad Bomb and Bartolo Cologne moments are few and far between, but teams should still have that option, but they should also have the option to throw in an extra hitter and not risk their uh, starter or ace face of their franchise get potentially getting hurt at the plate or running the bases. But that is today in baseball history. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Raise the Apple. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe down below. Make sure you check out my second channel, which I will be uploading a video today as well, just doing a sports summary of what's going on in the rest of the sports world along with Major League Baseball. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at RTA underscore underscore pod and subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts for uh, Samsung slash Android users. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. Any feedback or questions you guys have, leave them down below or send them in on Twitter. I will answer all of them. I'm more than happy to accept constructive criticism or anything like that. With anything you guys got, bring it. <laughs> um, but that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you guys Thursday. Hopefully the Mets can get their first win tonight with Marcus Stroman on the mound. And we'll have some more to talk about on Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. And let's go Mets. Stop till we're legend